Hey y'all, this is Laz. Uh, before we get started, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Axios Sports. Like, as you know, the uh, whole China thing happened this week with uh, Daryl Morey tweeting and, uh, you know, causing perhaps an international incident. Um, the thing that was really encouraging was that Axios, like, also has political coverage. And so they called in those people to help contextualize that situation of, well, what, like, what's going on in China and Hong Kong. That really helped me, like, understand things. It was much appreciated. Um other sites, which I will not mention by name, did uh, did not handle their coverage of the uh, Daryl Morey international incident situation as well. Um, and, you know, to me, that is a big advantage of Axios Sports. And so, you know, before we get started, I just want to remind you that you can always sign up at, for free. Just give them your email at sports.axios.com. That's sports.axios.com. It's just supremely useful during this week. Hey y'all, this is Pistons versus Everybody, the Detroit Pistons podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am your host, Lazarus Jackson. You can download this podcast on Apple Podcasts and uh, functionally on Stitcher and anywhere you get your Android podcasts, except for Spotify. We are not on Spotify yet. I promise you, I am working on it. I want to begin this episode by thanking everyone who downloaded the initial episode, the first episode. Uh, We got some really good ratings on iTunes. Y'all are very near and dear to my heart. This has been a labor of love, and so I just want to give you guys like a very authentic thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, so we are recording on the night of October 9th. We are recording in the wake of the Pistons' second preseason game where they beat Dallas. Uh, It doesn't really matter. It's the preseason. They looked good. They made a bunch of shots, but we didn't really gain much clarity on the question that's on everyone's minds, what the Pistons should do with their 15th roster spot. And so tonight, you and me, me and you, we're going to figure this out. We are going to solve the Pistons 15th spot here and now. We're going to go through every single permutation of what the Pistons can do, starting with the simplest things that they can do, which is uh, cutting one guy and, uh, and leaving another. So the competition is between Joe Johnson and Christian Wood, essentially. Both of those guys are uh, perhaps last in the rotation. Both of those guys have non-guaranteed deals. And so I want to start with the uh, less popular, I think, opinion among Pistons fandom, and that's to keep Joe Johnson and cut Christian Wood. It's like, Laz, okay, why would, they, why would they keep Joe Johnson and cut Christian Wood? Well, first of all, that's the easiest possible thing that they can do. Uh, both of those guys have non-guaranteed deals. Um, it doesn't get the team any closer to the luxury tax. It doesn't uh, do anything to their cap space for the rest of the year. It's no no must, no fuss. Joe Johnson actually has a partial guarantee in his contract, and so the Pistons have technically already paid him, and so that's even less money out of Tom Gorris's pocket. Uh, you know, Joe Johnson, also, it would be nice to have another, a quote-unquote, adult in the room. A guy who's been there and and seen pretty much everything there is to see in in the NBA. Uh, in his uh, in his piece earlier this week, talking about the uh, talking about Joe Johnson, Rod Beard of the Detroit News, shout out Rod, called it a uh, save warfare. I don't I don't know if I pronounced that right. My French is uh, is really bad, but save warfare is French for been there, seen it, got the T-shirt. <laughs> Uh, the other thing Joe would really bring, I think, is he'd be a good mentor for Sekou. Uh, by all accounts, Joe is a really hard worker, 
Um, his skill set, his isolation scoring is a really valuable skill set and one that I think it would be valuable to impart into Seku. And, you know, Seku is a really young guy, just learning how to be an NBA player functionally. And the Pistons don't really have any other uh, vets on the wing at his position that he could learn from. And I think uh, Joe would be a really good mentor for Seku. I'm also positive that this is like a third of the reason Dwayne Casey wants Joe on the team. And I don't know if that's quite good enough, but uh, it does count for something. I find myself saying that a lot lately. It counts for something. Uh, You know, here's, but, you know, on the other hand, why you wouldn't do that, why you would choose one of the other alternatives we're going to talk about. Um, Joe didn't show much in the first preseason game against Orlando. He didn't play at all in the second preseason game. And so from a fan perspective, we have no visible game sample that he can be effective at the NBA level at this time. You know, we don't get to see practice. We don't get to see workouts. We don't get to see what the coaching staff gets to see. And so, you know, we don't really have maybe the vision that the coaching staff does about Joe's readiness. But at the same time, like what we what we do have indicates mightily that Joe, you know, just doesn't have it at the NBA level anymore. You know, the alternative, you know, the other thing is like if if it's possible that even if Joe does have it in October, there's no guarantee that he has it in February. We saw this last year with with Jose Calderon and Zaza Pachulia. You know, Calderon was relatively effective and I want to use make sure you guys hear it relatively in uh, in quotation marks. He's relatively effective for like his first like 200-ish minutes. Uh, I remember there was a piece I wrote about Reggie Jackson in which uh, Calderon was uh, was like very slightly outplaying Reggie Jackson at times last season. Um, and, you know, Zaza, Zaza was the backup center the entire season and was uh, pretty effective up until the, the All-Star break. But both of those guys eventually, you know, turned into pumpkins. Uh, both of those guys couldn't really play uh, in the playoffs. And that is what this team's goal is. This team needs players that can play in the playoffs. And so uh, using a roster spot on a guy like Joe Johnson with the potential to not be effective down the stretch of the season when you're trying to make the playoffs, when you're trying to fight for seeding, when further into the postseason, when, you know, you're into the, you're into a playoff series, um, you know, that's, you, you need, you need players that can contribute. And uh, if Joe can't contribute at that stage, and it looks like he, and it looks like it's, and we know it is more likely that he won't be able to contribute at that at that stage of the season, it's so, like that. That's a reason not to keep him. And you know, the biggest and best reason to to not do that, to not keep Joe, and to cut uh, Christian Wood, or to to not keep Joe and to keep Christian Wood is that Christian Wood looks really good. He's looked pretty good in this preseason run. Actually, yeah, okay. All right, we, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. We'll move right into why the Pistons should uh, should keep Christian Wood and cut Joe Johnson. Uh, the biggest reason then there is, the again, the, uh, the simplicity of it all. Um, the Pistons owe Joe Johnson his, his slight guarantee, but other than that, again, they don't get any closer to the tax. They don't get... Uh, any closer to uh, having any hard cap issues. Um, you keep Christian Wood and you cut Joe Johnson, it's not that big a deal from a roster construction perspective. 
The other thing is that um, Wood would be a, a front court member, and that's the positions at which the Pistons are thinnest right now. Uh, Johnson is, I think, considered a, a four-man by the coaching staff, but uh, Christian Wood can play both the center and the uh, and the power forward position. Um, Thon Maker, the other uh, center slash power forward the Pistons have on the roster uh, in a bench role, is relatively unproven. It would nice for there to be another option for the team to have that you know would not be uh, Joe Johnson. That would uh, then another option that could play center. You know we have a lot of numbers that say Markeith Morris is a lot less effective defensively if he's uh, forced to play center. And so having another guy on the roster who could play center and put Markeith at his natural position of power forward, um, I think also like there are benefits to that up and down the roster. And then, you know, finally, the one of the better reasons, I think, to keep Christian Wood and, uh, and to cut Joe Johnson is because Christian Wood has been really productive every time he stepped onto an NBA court in the last year. He was productive in limited minutes in Milwaukee. He was productive in larger, but... Uh, larger minutes in New Orleans, and I understand uh, people's concern. You know, New Orleans wasn't necessarily playing for anything. They were playing late in the year. Teams knew that uh, if they were playing New Orleans, you weren't really playing a team that was giving it 110%. But, you know, he was, Christian Wood was still out there getting points and, and getting rebounds. And, you know, every time he stepped on the court for the Detroit Pistons in the preseason, he's also been productive. Yet tonight, he had five points and seven rebounds, three offensive rebounds, and, uh, in like nine minutes. Uh, I made a comparison of uh, on Twitter earlier of Christian Wood is like a worse version of Marvin Bagley. Like when I, when I watch Marvin Bagley's game, I, I understand why people like him a lot, but he's a guy who for the most part, his main contributions come uh, with points and rebounds. Like he, Marvin Bagley gets buckets and he gets rebounds. You know, Christian Wood, he gets buckets and he gets rebounds. And like there, there is definitely more, to the NBA game than points and rebounds. You know, however, points and rebounds count for something. There's there's that phrase again. They they count for something. And so like, you know, to me that that matters. That production at some level has some effect and that effect I think is is enough to uh bring Christian over Joe Johnson whose production, you know, is non-existent at this stage of of his NBA career. Now, okay, why wouldn't you keep Christian Wood? Uh, Christian was not amazing defensively and coaches like bigs who impact the game defensively. You can when even when you're, when you're watching Christian Wood, as I was during this preseason game, you can see the, the gears turning in his head on defense. You can see the, uh, the late rotations. You can see, uh, the occasions in which he, uh, he, he's not necessarily where he's supposed to be. He doesn't contest amazingly. Uh, there were multiple instances today in which, you know, guys were able to just rise and fire over him because, you know, his, he wasn't in a great contesting position even from, like, a triple threat position. Like, I'm sure that's the type of thing that drives a coach crazy. And, you know, that, like, that, that we know that matters a lot to Dwayne, Dwayne Casey. Dwayne Casey is a defense-first coach, and so it, it makes sense to me on its face that Casey would not be a huge fan of an offense-first big man. Now, Keith Langlois actually put it really well in his mailbag today, um, I want to quote him. It said, if, quote, if Wood's underlying fundamentals catch up to his ability to register points and rebounds, 
And if we're talking about things like setting solid screens and rolling hard, boxing out, making the right reads and rotations defensively, then it's an easy call that he'll make the roster and be Andre Drummond's primary backup, end quote. But, but that's an if, right? The, the quote starts with if. Like that's not, it's not a given that, that Christian Wood you know, does those things on a night-in, night-out basis. You know, finally, Christian Wood is another young dude. He would be another young dude on a team filled with young dudes. He, uh, he lacks ISO Joe's savoir-faire. Savoir-faire? Fair, just like, uh, that's got to be the most American way to pronounce that. And I'm so sorry to all of our, uh, like, one or two French listeners. I apologize. Humans have been shaving for thousands of years. And the secret to a great shave is that it really hasn't changed all that much. The ancient Egyptians didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters. Sharp, durable blades at a fair price. I love Harry's because it gives me a close shave, an easy glide at a low price. Do me a favor and check out harrys.com slash bluewire for your free trial today. I don't know if you guys know this, I'm black, so the hair comes out of my face curly. So if the blades aren't good, I get really bad razor bumps all over my neck, and I hate it. That's why Harry's was so essential for me. They have quality, durable blades at a fair price, just two bucks a blade. It's also really convenient. The blade refills are delivered directly to your door, on schedule, with or without a subscription, and there's no risk for you to try them out. If you don't love your shave, you let them know, they'll give you a full refund. Listeners of my show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to start shaving better today. Okay, so the next way that you get to where the Pistons are and you select a 15th member of the team is to trade for a guaranteed contract that either shores the team up in uh, in the front court or on the wing and cut both of Christian Wood and Joe Johnson. So now this is, this is tough because uh, the market is not very hot right now. Um, when I was looking around the, uh, the league for trade partners or for, uh, for free agents or for, uh, you know, other potential guys that the Pistons could bring in in place of either one of these guys. Um, you know, half the league, or it feels like a third of the league turned over on a July 1st, right? There are a lot of guys who very recently signed contracts. We're not quite sure about them in their new homes. There are a lot of guys who, uh, can't necessarily be traded until December 15th. I ran into that a bunch. We're going to talk about that a bunch, but, uh, but yeah, the the ability to trade for another guaranteed contract and then cut both of Wood and Johnson, uh, that that has like some benefit, but I think it'd be difficult to pull off from uh, a logistical standpoint. It's also a little bit more complex than just like making a decision on one of Joe Johnson or Christian Wood. Like it it definitely is the uh, like the King Solomon way where you you're you're cutting the baby in half instead of just like picking a custody someone who has custody <laughs> of the baby i don't know who the baby is in this uh, this analogy by the way 
Uh, I guess the baby would be Christian Wood since he's younger. But yeah, it, trading for another guy who's uh, uh, who's hopefully better than Christian Wood or and Joe Johnson, and then cutting both of them um, just seems like a really convoluted way to fix a, a problem that uh, is not that convoluted by NBA roster standards. And the final thing for that is by uh, as with any trade, someone has to want to give the Pistons something, right? Um, you can't just—it's not two K. You can't force trade. <laughs> you you can't uh, you can't guarantee that somebody's going to want something that you have um, before you know the season starts and all these guarantee dates kick in. No one has to do the Detroit Pistons any favors uh, on on the trade front, at least. Um, and so the <laughs> and so I I this is I think the least likely of the uh, of the. Uh, permutations we've talked about so far um i do think one of what well, i think there are there are scenarios in which both uh joe and christian would make the team and there are scenarios where where neither one uh makes the team but i think the i think neither is is much less likely than than one or the other or, or both and so the the way i guess you get both is you trade one of the guaranteed contracts on the pistons for a non-guaranteed contract, immediately waive said non-guaranteed uh, contract to open up a roster spot, and then you're at, uh, and then you're at 14 players, or no, then you're at uh, 15 players on the roster, including both of Christian Wood and Joe Johnson. You know, minus the guy you just traded out and the guy you just cut. And so that that the main advantage of that is that it enables you to keep both. If the coaching staff like can't make a decision or um, they they value both of what Christian Wood and Joe Johnson bring equally, which I think is perhaps a better a better construction for that. Then uh, this kind this you know cuts that knot. I'm not going to use the baby analogy again. I swear. Uh, <laughs> the the downside for this is that you know that's the major upside is that you get get to keep both of Wood and Johnson. The the downsides are, are a little bit more multiple. Um, you obviously you lose whoever you trade for the non-guaranteed contract and you lose the guy uh, you trade for in the non-guaranteed contract. Um, you know, the Pistons have had not uh, amazing luck with uh, trading away guys in, in the not too distant past and they've had really bad luck. Uh, you know, the, and, you know, a guy on a non-guaranteed deal hopefully isn't going to kill you, but there have been instances in which that has been a problem for the Pistons. Um, and also the, uh, the, the biggest thing for this though, is that it's really tough to find appropriately sized one year, non guaranteed deals for, uh, for non rookie scale players. And so most of these non guaranteed deals are exhibit tones or camp deals like the ones that uh, Joe Johnson is signed to. Or these are guys that are on rookie scale contracts where their their options just haven't been picked up yet, and so the that means if you're looking for a, a piece of equal salary to trade for those non guaranteed deals, you're looking at trading one essentially you're looking at trading one of Kyrie Thomas, Bruce Brown, and and Svi Mikhailuk. Like you see, you see where this is going. You, you see the, the the direction this is headed. Where uh, you know. Bruce Brown has has started the last two preseason games, started 50 games for the Pistons last year. Probably not going to get traded. Um, Sweet Mikhailuk has uh, 
the Pistons traded for him, as a matter of fact. And so you, you see why he's in the team's plans. And then there's then there's Kyrie Thomas, a guy who um, only played in, in garbage time of the uh, preseason game today, a guy who uh, the, Pistons, the Pistons were really high on when he was drafted, but um, got injured coming into training camp and I guess never really... Uh, never really grabbed the attention of the coaching staff in the way that Bruce Brown did. A guy with a very clearly defined skill set, but whose skill set right now is uh, is rather limited. Um, Joe Joe Truck wrote a really good uh, tune up on on Kyrie. You can read it on Detroit Bad Boys. But uh, you know he compared Kyrie Thomas to a lesser version of like Contavious Caldwell Pope, a guy who. Uh, you can count on to defend point guards and smaller twos, a guy who is a good movement shooter, but like that's not necessarily what the Pistons could use that skill set. But it's also a skill set that's duplicated across the roster. Langston Galloway can do that. Um, Luke Kennard can't defend like Kyrie, but he's a much better offensive player. Um, Svee Mikhailu also can't defend like Kyrie, but um, he's bigger, and you you trust his his shot a little bit more. And Tony Snell is bigger and uh, and a more productive shooter and a more established shooter, and so you you see why there's a a reason for the Pistons to trade Kyrie for a non guaranteed contract, um, cut the non guaranteed contract and keep both of Joe Johnson and Christian Wood. For me, I I don't love this one. Uh, Kyrie trading Kyrie would definitely. It definitely has Spencer Dinwiddie potential, you know. As as I was reminded in the comments, though, it also has the potential that trading uh, Darren Hillard, Hilliard, and uh, letting go of Michael Benege had, right? Like sometimes the second round guys you you get re- that you really like just don't work out, and they don't work out in, at the NBA level for appropriate reasons, right? Darren could not make NBA threes, and uh, Michael Benege couldn't shoot. He could defend okay, but but he couldn't shoot. And so, like when when you look at guys who like have very clearly defined weaknesses, and Kyrie has a very clearly defined weakness, he can't create his own shot. Like, is that enough to get a guy excommunicated out of the league? I'm like, it, yeah, it kind of is. And you know, the Pistons traded two first, two not two first, two second round picks to to obtain the selection they used to draft Kyrie, and so they traded two seconds for Kyrie. But um, if if it's not the correct decision to keep him on the roster, it's not the correct decision to keep him on the roster. But like let, let's let's hold off on that for a second though. Um, there are there are thirty guys in the league with those non guaranteed deals. Um, most of them are second round uh, rookies who make a roughly what Kyrie makes. Um, some of them are vets on the uh, minimum on exhibit tens. Uh, I'm not going to go through all of them. Some of them are more likely and useful than others, but uh, that is, but 30 guys across the league, like smacks of possibility. It is, it is possible that uh, a situation like that occurs. Another quite possible situation is uh, is a two for one trade. The Pistons, you know, have they have one extra guy. They trade two guys out. They get one more guy. Um, that opens up a roster spot. You get to keep both. Sounds good to me, uh, but this is pretty difficult. You know, it's it's preseason. Uh, it's just after training camp. A lot of teams have filled up their roster for training camp to get a look at a bunch of guys, and so there aren't 
a lot of teams that uh, either have the non-guaranteed contracts to, to cut a guy and take on two uh, quality and take on two NBA players, or uh, there are teams that like don't just don't have the the space to trade two for one. Um, everybody is trying to determine. Everybody is playing the same game the Pistons are right now, right? Everybody else is trying to determine who the fifteen guys on their roster are going to be. Um, another another uh, drawback of this of a trading two for one is that there be uh, longer, uh, bigger salary cap implications, right? Um, the the cost for trading two for one, two players for one player might be that you're taking on uh, excess money uh, beyond this year, right? You're taking on uh, money in 2020, uh, 2021. Um, that could be an issue. This this Pistons team has a lot of expiring contracts this season. Um, the, if you've, uh, you, I saw a, a report uh, earlier that teams are anticipating that the uh, salary cap might go down uh, because of what's going on in China right now, well, because of the uh, the Chinese government's reaction to Daryl Morey's tweet, and so like you know that that could have uh, real uh, salary consequences for other teams in the NBA. We're not going to talk about the. We're not going to talk about that other. Other. I'm not going to really talk about that other to say that, but uh, but yeah, like this that could have a, a definite impact. Um, and so like taking on long term money in a situation like that is not necessarily appealing for a front office like the Pistons that uh, over the past two seasons has been paralyzed by the decision making of the prior front office. It uh, you can see why they they wouldn't be. Uh, excited to you know put themselves back into a situation that they just felt like they got themselves out of uh, pretty much and and the other thing is that uh so if you're going to pair two guys for one it makes and you're going to keep both of christian wood and joe johnson it makes a lot of sense to for the two guys that you uh pair together to be langston galloway and thon maker both of those guys are uh, expiring contracts um Thon is still young and still has potential, and Langston Galloway does not. He makes a, a relatively good amount of money. Uh, it's harder to find a trade for a guy who makes as much money as like a Reggie Jackson does, right? It's and you know Langston is also uh, his his position is duplicated across the roster, same as Kyrie's. Um, only he's a veteran and a little bit more established uh, in the NBA, and so. Uh, Thon and uh, Thon and Langston together make. I want to get this right. They make ten point nine million. So the most you can get back in a trade is thirteen point seven million when you're uh, when you're when you're trading those two guys as a package deal. However, if you if you take on that much money, you become a luxury tax team, give or take. Where was it? Okay. So yeah, you can take on up to thirteen point seven mil, but that makes you a, a luxury tax team. And so you know, I'm going through, I'm going through early bird rights. I'm looking through all the the different guys who make about that much money, and it's 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 tough. Not strangely, not a lot of guys make uh, like ten ish million right now. A lot of not a lot of guys who are eligible to be traded prior to December fifteenth make that much money uh that is about like what the mid-level exception was this past off season so you know a lot of guys you know were paid somewhere close to the mid-level exception 
but uh, <laughs> they can't be traded until December 15th. So, so there you go. Um, so I was looking around the NBA, and this also you know plays into the whole uh, trade Langston for a backup center thing that's been going around basically forever, and that I'm definitely a part of. But I was I was looking around the league, and really the the one that stood out to me the most is a trade with the Cavaliers for for John Henson. So that'd be Langston Cal- Langston Galloway and uh, Anthon Maker for John Henson and the non guaranteed contract of Jarrell Martin. So you'd immediately cut Jarrell Martin and not uh, not worry about his salary being on the books for the, for that year. Uh, Henson makes nine point seven million dollars. Um, that is that's but within the bound of what you can package uh, Thon and Langston for. However, um, 9.7 is more than you can just trade Langston solo for. And so like that's, that's why you, I think you have, you have to package both of those guys. Um, maybe you could attach uh, a future second round pick to uh, entice Cleveland into doing such a move. Um, I think actually you, I think you, you might not be able to because uh, Cleveland does not have a uh, they don't have the they would still be they're still in like searching for a young big man a young enticing uh, big man to align with their guard core and so I think Thonmaker would have some uh, interest for them his, getting his restricted free agency rights uh, would, would would hold some interest for them and so uh, you know. I don't know if that's I don't know if I would like call that trade in today. I don't know if that's the the greatest trade in the world uh, for either side. But uh that struck me as something that uh elegantly fits kind of both halves of the of what the uh what what both teams would be looking for. Uh another option is combining Langston and Thon to trade for Dwight Powell. Uh wait no, Dwight Powell Dwight Powell signed, uh, I think he signed an extension. So yeah, he can't be traded until December 15th. Like there's, there's so many guys who, who can't be traded until, uh, December 15th. Um, one more, one more that I liked was combining Thon and Langston for, uh, Andre Roberson from Oklahoma city. Um, Roberson is allegedly fully healthy. Um, he's a guy who, can defend you know two through four at, at the NBA level he's a guy with a, an expiring 10.7 million dollars on his career but he's a guy that uh, we're we're not sure if he'll ever be the the player he is again um, Oklahoma City has a lot of guards in their rotation but they don't really have a lot of shooters so Langston Galley might hold some uh, intrigue for them and Oklahoma City likes dudes with long arms and athleticism and guys who can't really shoot and so Thonmaker kind of also fits into that uh he fits into that criteria of what like a uh, of a Sam Presti prospect and so I think that is that is a trade that would not normally hold some intrigue if Roberson won't weren't hurt and uh, are recovering from his injury and not quite certain what uh what kind of spot he was in but uh but with the injury question mark kind of hovering over him I think that trade is more uh more possible than it looks you know, another another potential thing would just be to trade Langston straight up for somebody. Um, the best I could do on that department was trading him for the uh, one-year guaranteed contract of Nemanja Bielitsa. Um, I don't know. Like, trading one for one doesn't actually solve the, the roster crush. It doesn't actually uh, help you figure out who the 15th man on the roster should be. 
but if you uh, if you trade basically if you trade Langston for a big man, it's easier to cut Christian Wood and uh, go with Joe Johnson. It's easier if you if you trade Langston Galloway. It's easier to make. It's easier to do the thing that I don't. I don't think the Pistons should do. So it's, you know, it's neither here nor there. So the the final option, well, not the not the final final option, but the one of the final options the the Pistons have uh, for resolving the fifteenth guy in the roster situation is to trade uh, one guy into a team's cap space. Now that's really tough because there's only one team with cap space and a roster spot, and that's the Atlanta Hawks. And so you you have to have somebody who fits into the Atlanta Hawks cap space, uh, somebody that the Atlanta Hawks would want, and uh, somebody that um, and that like that would enable you to keep. Uh, both of Christian Wood and Joe Johnson. So it has to be someone you wouldn't miss. Hawks don't have that much cap space. I think it's only $5 million in cap space. And so uh, Thon makes $3 million. Uh, Kyrie makes $1.6 million. I think it would be more enticing for the Hawks to... Uh, I think the Hawks would want Kyrie before they would want Thon, essentially. And so one of the ways that you resolve the 15th man situation on the roster is you trade Kyrie Thomas to the Atlanta Hawks for nothing. You just trade him into the cap space. You trade him for a uh, far off second round pick or a close up second round pick. If, uh, if that's what you negotiate, um, that kind of makes sense. Um, Atlanta, if this would make more sense, if Kyrie could play point guard, which, uh, if he could play point guard, I think you, you, you should want him on this roster anyway. But uh, Atlanta doesn't really have a backup point guard in their uh, system right now. But, um, you know, I think Atlanta would be interested in Kyrie uh, as a as a guy who could uh, defend other point guards. So Trey Young wouldn't have to as a guy who uh, has a, you know, has a big wingspan and has the ability to shoot the ball. Um, His Kyrie's lack of shot creation would be less of an issue next to a primary creator like a Trey Young. And so I think uh, Atlanta would have some some intrigue, uh, some interest in, in Kyrie Thomas. Um, the the issue with that is that you know if Atlanta isn't interested in Kyrie Thomas, or if uh, Atlanta, as being the only team with cap space and an open roster spot, isn't 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 interested in Thon Maker, there aren't. There's no other team, right? There's no other. There's no place else you can like look at and be like, oh, like let me trade Kyrie to like this team with open cap space because there are no other teams with, uh, with an open roster spot and cap space. I checked. It doesn't look that great. Following a team you love in 2019 can be time consuming. Trying to follow everything in a league you love is almost impossible. Scrolling through every app and visiting every website on a daily basis is also impossible. That's why I subscribe to Axio Sports, the best free daily newsletter in the land. Axio Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. When you sign up for free at sports.axios.com, you get the best stories from the NBA and the NFL, and the best stories from cricket and ping pong, and the best stories from everything in between, like baseball. I had no idea the baseball playoffs were happening right now if it wasn't for Axio Sports. Axio Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. 
It's super simple to sign up and it's free. You just go to sports.axios.com. You give them your email address. Boom. Newsletter in your email inbox every single day. Not only will you be caught up, you'll be the friend sharing an amazing link with your buddies. Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. Best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, no nothing. This is free, curated sports content delivered directly to you. Sign up at sports.axios.com. Again, try for free at sports.axios.com. And so in, in doing this exercise, I hope you you see through through me struggling through this for 30 plus minutes. I hope you see why this is so tough for the Detroit Pistons. Um, there are advantages and disadvantages to each of the options, right? The, as, as much as we may not, uh, as much as we as Pistons fans who don't want Joe Johnson on the roster may not uh, agree with the advantages that Joe Johnson brings, um, the, the coaching staff clearly values the contributions that Joe, uh, that Joe could bring both on and off the court. And so I think we have to pay attention to that and we have to respect that at the absolute least. Um, you know, I think we have to brace ourselves for the possibility that, you know, Christian Wood, while a very productive, very springy big man, is just like a, a quadruple A big guy, a guy who, because of his inability to be consistent defensively, because of his inability to uh, impact the game in uh, in all the little ways that don't necessarily show up on the box sheet, as a guy who just never really finds a place in uh, in the NBA and kind of kind of floats around like that that is a story that that happens quite often especially with the uh the recent emphasis on um on uh smaller position players and the lack of emphasis on big men across the league you know it you know a guy like you know a guy like Greg Monroe like doesn't have a job in the NBA right and so it makes sense to me that a guy like Christian Wood who you know Greg Monroe is probably a better offensive player than Christian Wood and just as limited defensively. Um, it makes, so it makes sense to me that a guy like Christian Wood, like wouldn't have an, an, an NBA spot, unfortunately. Like is Christian Wood good enough to be in the NBA? Sure. Is he not good enough to be in the NBA? Like also sure. It's, it's a, it's a spectrum. It's a, it's a sliding scale. It's difficult to say, you know, the, with the trades, the trades hold their own sway. Again, someone always has to want what you want, what you have to offer in trade. Uh, I used the 2K example already, but like it's true, right? Like just I can put <laughs> I can put Langston Galloway for Aaron Baines like into the trade machine as many times as I want and it works. But like that doesn't mean Phoenix is ever going to do that because they traded a first round pick basically like for that guy. Like they're they're just not gonna value him at the level of a Langston Galloway, sadly. You know, I can put I could put Langston Galloway for Alex Len into the trade machine as many times as I want. Um, but like Atlanta doesn't want to do that because Alex Len is gonna start at center for them. Why would they trade uh, their starting center for a backup shooting guard like at best? And so like the the trades all hold their uh, their own uh, issues. Um you have to find a trade partner. Um you have to have the right salary. You have to have the right uh, contract length. The Pistons have to want the guy that 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 they're, that they're trading for, right? Uh, if you if you're trading one for one and, and uh, cutting both of of Joe and, and Christian Wood, 
and you know other teams have to want Langston Galloway and Thonmaker or I have to value Langston Galloway and Thonmaker at a level that that you find appropriate enough to the conduct a trade for um you know and the other thing of of trading Kyrie Thomas or or, or uh, Thonmaker into Atlanta space is that makes that really tough because there's only one team right there's a there's a there's if if Atlanta says no like that kind of throws that that entire plan out the window and so the policy the thing that I would recommend the Pistons do to uh, eliminate or to to figure out what they're going to do to cut down on the roster to get to 15 guys um, at this point I would definitely uh, recommend uh letting go of Joe Johnson, despite the guaranteed money that he's already been paid and, and retaining Christian Wood. I just think I, I, again, I definitely want to respect the save warfare that Joe brings to the locker room, his, uh, his unimpeachable, uh, credentials as an NBA veteran. Um, his, uh, the mentorship that he could possibly offer Seku is extremely valuable to me. Um, and to me, it means something that the coaching staff like thinks of thinks the world of Joe, John- Joe Johnson. That means something to me, you know. However, from a, a purely utilitarian position, um, the Pistons are really thin up front. It is really difficult for me to imagine a world in which Joe Johnson plays uh, and plays effectively for uh, you know as we get deeper into the season. And uh, I think there are going to be times in the, during the season where the Pistons need, uh, they need, they're going to need what Christian Wood provides, uh, especially as a, as a rebounder. Um, Thon maker is not a very good rebounder. Markeith Morris is not a good rebounder when you play him at center. Um, sometimes the, I think that, uh, the Pistons are going to just going to need a guy not named Andre Drummond, not named, not named Blake Griffin, who can grab the ball off the, off the backboard and Christian Wood can do that. This is also, you know, cutting Joe Johnson and keeping Christian Wood is also the simplest thing. It eliminates all of the uh, trade stuff I've talked about multiple times over the course of this podcast. Um, it, it maintains the locker room presence. You're not necessarily, you don't know what kind of locker room up, upheaval you could have when you trade out uh, a guy like Langston Galloway, who uh, appears to be well-liked in the locker room. You don't know what the uh, potential, uh, locker room ramifications of that would be uh, in in his contract year, um, and so yeah, just keeping Christian Wood and cutting Joe Johnson remains to me the uh, the simplest way for for the Pistons to uh, to resolve the situation that they have uh, with their roster construction. Now that you know, I can hear you being like, "Lads, like, why didn't you just tell me that like forty minutes ago?" But like, no, I wanted to show you how you. It's like the sometimes the simplest explanation is the best explanation, but it's good to actually like tease all these things out. It's good to it's good to discuss these things more fully, so that uh, we can be more sure that the conclusion we're making is right. Because we've thought through all the possibilities, uh, we've talked we've talked through you know why they may not be the right decision, but but it's the decision we we've come to and we're comfortable with it. Okay, that's the show. We we figured it out. Good job, guys. Well, not guys. Some girls girls listen to this podcast, too. Good job, y'all. You and me. Me and you. We figured it out. Uh, as always, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Last Chance. That's at L-A-Z-C-H-A-N-C-E. You can subscribe to this podcast and other Blue Wire podcasts 
on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher. Uh, you can't subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, sadly. We will. We are working on that. I will get that for you guys, for y'all. And uh, this has been Pistons versus Everybody. We will talk to you next week. <laughs>